there's that droid. There he is. There we go. Craig was sleeping on the job. Malfunction. <laughs> oh, there's always a reason for why Craig is Craig. Malfunctioning robot. <laughs> All right. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another United We Nerd Reviews. Uh, I am your host, Brian Saber, along with... Fuck. Damn, his inhibitor inhibitor chip is going. The inhibitor chip is off off the wire right now. I have to... At the good soldiers follow orders. I was just going to say right from here, if you have not watched Clone Wars Season 7 or The Bad Batch, you are in for spoilers, so please come back later if you do not want to be spoiled. (laughs) This is your warning. And and like I was trying to say before, that warning came to you from our co-host, Joel. Uh, That's me. It's really hot today. It is very hot today. It is ridiculous. But you know what's even more hot? Bad Batch. Oh, dude, it's it's hot, man. Raging fire. Strong start. Yeah. So, so for those... Everyone's fucking inhibitor chips. not fucking, following orders. <laughs> fucking malfunctioning <laughs> like fuck. <laughs> so we are here to review the first five episodes of Star Wars, the, the Bad Batch. Now, I think out of all of the announcements that Disney uh, talked about uh, during their big, huge investor, uh, I wouldn't even call it a press conference, but it was like this big, huge like presentation. And they released all, all of the possible Star Wars uh, content that we're going to be getting. And... Bad Batch was the first out of the new stuff that we were going to be getting. And I guess to not get into too much spoilers yet, uh, it's really good. It's very cool. It's it's that bit of the Clone Wars that we still like know and love. But I think that Bad Batch has kind of kicked it up another notch. Like it, they they took what season seven of the clone wars kind of just you know brought to us it's like here this is what clone wars you know ends up being and it was fantastic and now they're like you know what we need to just keep going and so now we're heading into this new era of star wars animation that i am actually really excited for what do you what do you think joel um you you said it pretty well um i think for me, I am a latecomer to the Clone Wars uh, series, but it's really good. And at least for me, as soon as season three hit, it just kept getting better and better. And the Bad Batch being introduced in season seven was pretty cool. For me, I was looking for more of that Republic Commando action, being a big fan of the game. And uh, even seeing like little Easter eggs of them before in the series. They're, they weren't canon, now they are. So with Bad Batch, it's like, oh shit, like these clones based off of Clone 99 augmented to be like almost super soldiers and they had you know they went forward with the show and it already captures the 
essence of Clone Wars, but filling in, you know, the in-between of Episode 3 and, I'm guessing, 4 or Rogue One. And it's it's good. It's fun. The first episode's, what, like an hour, 50 minutes? That was a great first, first episode. episode is about, uh, I want to say, I think it was like almost like a 90-minute episode. Yeah, it was, it's really good. I mean, say what you will about Filoni or whatever. I know people used to hate what he did, and now he's, you know, no one will debate it now, but it's still really good and entertaining. Especially, you know, again, we need more. I like the in-between stuff between 3 and 4, like with Solo and Rogue One. So this, like, show, of course, is going to flesh out even more. And they already started to do that with some Easter eggs, little characters showing up and what they're doing. So it's it's fun. See, I think that for all the people that are kind of, like, you know, not on board with the whole, like, Disney Star Wars train... And it's understandable. Everybody has their own opinions. I'm not saying anybody's wrong. You know, everybody likes what they like, and that's perfectly fine. But I think that sequels aside, I think focusing kind of on this between episode three and four, like timeline, I think is probably the best idea, like moving forward. And they'll have, they'll have like, the between um, OG and sequel stuff like Mandalorian and other stuff like that. And they'll have a little bit of the, uh, the new Republic that they're trying to build up. But I think even though like we've had stuff like rebels and we've had books and maybe some video game content from the past, the, the era of the rise of the empire has been, pretty much untouched for the most part and so it's really cool that now we're getting to see you know what happened in other parts of the galaxy during order 66 and what is it like seeing the empire take over and slowly just rise into the power that we see them come episode four and not only that, but we get to see it through the eyes of a group of clones that didn't get triggered by the by Order sixty six, and it's just really interesting. Well, mostly, right? <laughs> we have a a few that we see the side effects um, for sure. We'll 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 talk about it a little more, but yeah, definitely you, you hit it pretty well, and uh, they've touched upon it too. I just want to say, which is really fascinating for me. Um, the phasing in of Imperial Stormtroopers and the phasing out of Clone Troopers, which, uh, I mean, we kind of just figured, oh, they just, you know, the most logic was, oh, they are clones or they are people, and we're getting more answers now, which is nice. Mm-hmm. And um, not only that, but like just like, there, there's so many, thanks to like the Mandalorian in kind of a way, now we have more of an opportunity to have care like well-known characters come back that now that we're seeing like with the mandalorian we have boba fett coming back into prominence next well hell yeah just just coming back in full force like he's never been before which is great Mm -hmm. and we're also getting new characters that can be rolled back into older stuff as well and it just it it helps create that expansiveness 
of the galaxy of like the Star Wars galaxy where you can have these characters kind of like pop up where they can fit in like the timeline and stuff and stuff like that. Um, now you said that you, I know you didn't watch clone wars up to this point, And I believe last time we talked, you were in season three. Yeah. So I, I was rewatching with my wife and we, before, though, I, like, when they announced season seven, I was like, oh, shit, I want to catch up. And I'm so glad I did, because it was really good. But me and my wife are re-watching. Uh, we're now in season five. And, oh, damn, uh, okay. And um, I already said spoilers from before, so this is, like, your final, final warning. I'm <laughs> just going to let you know. Like, if you you are going into um, Uncharted, Uncharted territory, territory, like, that is your choice right now. <laughs> That's not our fault. We don't want to um, hear angry comments about us spoiling things. You've been warned. So, because this is a big fucking spoiler. So we just, uh, I showed uh, my wife, Sarah, uh, the episode where Maul heads pre It was a good fucking episode, too. Oh, dude. Um, just, that was such it, a good... Uh... It's a really good arc. It looks like there's, you know, the political intrigue, the setup, you know, Mandalorians end up finding Mandalorians, and they're Sith, and then you have this thing with Palpatine coming back. It's just... All that in-between stuff we didn't need, and we got it, and it's just amazing. And so it, I kind of, cool. I kind of wish that you were able to watch it when it was like coming out episode by episode, because I can only imagine you seeing the episode where Savage is just searching for his brother. Oh and, yeah, dude. And you get to the point where like Maul's like you see Maul for the first time since episode one. You're like, oh shit, Maul's back. It's like he survived yeah. somehow out of like pure rage. And oh hatred. yeah. It, it's I mean it was kind of swell for me anyway, because I watched Rebels before Clone Wars. But Rebels oh, was that's still right. really good. So you, that's right. But so it, I guess in a way you kind of got your own little kind of like Maul surprise. Yeah, yeah, it was it was so cool. I mean, as soon as Savage says, "I'm," you know, it's like, "Oh, Mother Talzin's like, you have a brother, a brother." I was like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> I was so hyped, and excited. Um, but yeah, I uh, just, I, I'm, I'm guessing you watched everything as it came out with Clone Wars, Brian. Yes, I pretty much out like for the first two seasons, I was on and off, and then once. I heard that season three was really kicking up. I made sure to like stay glued to the TV screen as much as possible when ep- when the episode would come out, and like when they have marathon weekends, I would, like make sure to like like have it tuned to like Cartoon Network or whatever whatever station that it got moved to. Yeah. I just want to say before we dive into Bad Batch, I mean, because there without there is no Bad Batch without Clone Wars, so there's a reason why we're talking That's about true. this. But really quick, uh, I remember showing Sarah Pong Krell. Holy shit! I remember the first time oh. I saw that Jedi Master Pong Krell. That shit is wild. I oh man, just a Jedi Master who goes rogue and turns these clone factions against each other for sport. Oh, so evil, so good. Just makes and, you, just makes you wonder, like, how did Pong Krell pass the test to become like? That little like graph test that Yoda had to give to Anakin. How did Pong Krell fucking pass that shit? I mean, their their ma- minds were all clouded by the dark side or some shit. Palpatine doing his like force block. I don't know, but it was still like if um, 
know made it this far <laughs> and you still don't care about spoilers i just i at this point you just watch it just watch these episodes i mean i thought it was like a quote-unquote kids show holy shit it is but there are some adult themes they slip in there for that's digestible for everyone just like avatar and Korra, you know, they, they slip in these great themes for everyone to digest, which is, you know, a, a mark of a you know good writing, direction, et cetera, et cetera. Which is funny because Dave Filoni got hired by Lucasfilm because of his work on the on Avatar Last Airbender. Yeah. And, and it's shows. also because of that that he has given us so many things. Most recently, The Bad Batch, and I feel like now is the time to kind of go over the first five episodes of The Bad Batch, starting with episode one, Aftermath. Um, I was actually going to say before that, really quick, in, episode, mm. in season, I was episode, and season seven of Clone Wars is when we actually are introduced into The Bad Batch. They uh, are going That's to like, infiltrate a uh, separatist base. And um, basically, they find another clone who they thought was dead, which we saw recently too. Because um, I'm rewatching this, like, oh shit, Echo's dead. No, he's not. But you know, it's like he's gonna come back. And <laughs> he's very not him. dead. And it's it's really great. Um, it those episodes, and it's it's just a good feeling. And for like I said before, it's like setting up like really cool things. And the Republic Commando feel is it's just nice and. I mean, there's there's some Jedi saber action, but still, it shows you know these. It's basically this like, you know, bad batch of clones, and they're just kicking ass, and they're just like an unstoppable force. But all right, let's let's do episode one. Just wanted to throw that in there before someone's like, oh well, actually, <laughs> oh, it's always going to happen regardless, yeah, no matter what. Oh, you forgot about Clone Order six five one A B. Okay, but yes, yeah, so uh, episode one aftermath. Um, this. Wow, they gave oh, yeah. us a lot more than I thought they're going to give us for our first episode. This is the longest episode in the season so far. Going a little over an hour long, which is fantastic. And it, it gives us enough time to kind of get ourselves reintroduced to the Bad Batch real quick. And to kind of get our bearings about where this series is going to go. And so we open up uh to the episode where uh we have a bunch of we have a clone unit with um Jedi Master uh Depa Balaba uh fighting a droid army or a droid platoon and they're getting you know kind of pushed back and then out of nowhere we see a little young Caleb Doom aka um Kanan Jarrus. Yes, that is correct. Uh, it was so it was so cool. I know a lot of people kind of. There's a few people that kind of got weirded out that they just uh, had Freddie Prince Jr. come back and they kind of pitched his voice to kind of make him sound like a kid. I personally didn't have a problem with it. I thought it was actually pretty cool because he is Kanan Jarrus, and he's probably like one of my favorite characters from Rebels. So I had no problem with it. I I enjoyed seeing it um, i didn't even know there was discourse about it, it, there, it there's it's a like a smart it's move not... to bring back the original character right i mean that's what people would yeah. want but i guess you it's, can't please everyone it's it, yeah it's not like that big but there was a little there was a little bit like around the internet but whatever um so caleb's like oh 
you know, I have reinforcements coming right now. And of course, lo and behold, your reinforcements are the Bad Batch. Mm -hmm. Now, this is probably, I think, one of the better ways to open a series. Just because it gave us that little taste of what the Clone Wars was. With like the you got to see the droids and they're being goofy, and then you had some uh clone versus droid action, and then you know, you just have the bad batch roll in and pretty much just decimate that platoon of droids like yeah. just by themselves, and it was fun to watch. <clears throat> and then of course it happens. Order sixty six gets called and Depapalaba's uh clone unit turns on her takes her down and then of course the bad batch is kind of like what's going on you know what's you know what's the deal and then of course caleb starts to run away and is rightfully so um defensive um i just wanted to take a quick second to actually point this out that um they actually uh, kind of retconned Kanan's uh, uh, kind of background for Order sixty six because in the in the Kanan Jars comic um, that Marvel did, um, it had a very different um, starting point to where Order sixty six happened. But I kind of am okay with it. Um, I don't know if you read that comic, Joel, or not. I own it, and uh, okay, cool. I remember, like saying, like, "Oh, they, this is different from the comic," but I mean, it's it's more or less the same, you know. I mean, if we're being really nitpicky, you know. There's some differences, but it it captures the same essence or the vein of what's going to happen. Mm -hmm. um, uh, definitely, I feel like in the comic, of course, the stakes are even higher because it's through the eyes of Kanan, and he, you know, he watches his master gun down by. Uh, clone platoon but at the same time maybe that's done that way on purpose because this is through the eyes of the bad batch and not through kanan or caleb's eyes so that's maybe true. there is a reasoning um but yeah uh they i didn't expect that uh order 66 right away i thought we were gonna eventually get into it like maybe near the end and they have to choose but it's like oh shit no and you see Probably. right away who because in the series there's a, a chip that activates them turning on the Jedi. And you see right away who's already affected by it and who isn't in the Bad Batch. Now, I want to get your opinion on the tone shift. Because I don't, I don't know about you, but it's like, I thought it was done really well because the beginning of the episode really did feel like Clone Wars. It felt, you know... Sure did. There was, there was some stakes involved, but it had, the, it had that kind of... It's kind of weird to say lightness, because I don't think it's totally accurate, but like Clone Wars has that kind of epic feel. And it felt like an epic, because, you know, you have this one small platoon of modified clones just wiping out a whole, like, <laughs> a whole unit of droids by themselves. And it's just like, okay, cool. But then once Order 66 happens, and it just gets to that, it just takes that one weird shift as like the beginning of like the empire and oh yeah and we get even like better sense of it once they go back to Camino 
And also, shout out to Camino because I've been wanting to see what happened to Camino after Order 66 for the longest time, and now we're getting it. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think we've all been wondering because in the Battlefront 2 game for the PS2, you find out they did like a little story for fans at the time, like, oh, you know, literally the the Camino cloners, uh, the Kaminoans, they start breeding clones to fight back against the Empire, and you go in as Stormtroopers and Boba Fett and shut it down. They, I think they're going to, we don't know actually, but it's just, you know, it's been in like an unanswered question. And mm. it's, it's like, oh shit, what's going to, you know, what's going to happen to Kamino? And we're finally going to see, we're already seeing it a little in the same episode. They go back, a lot of clones, they're not as nice anymore, not as personable. They, you know, they're, you know, the mantra throughout so far at the show is good soldiers follow orders. And that's what they're doing. Literally just, they've almost turned into the things they were fighting, like droids. And they even make a comment like that. But yeah, Camino, what is going to happen? You know, how hard is it going to get sacked? That's what I want to know. Yeah. And just the, and like you were saying before, like good soldiers follow orders. And if you look really hard when Order 66 gets called, and they have that shot of the whole Bad Batch, right? And you can see the confusion on everybody's faces except for Crosshair. And you're like, huh, you know, what's going on? And of course, that's when he starts saying good soldiers follow orders. And he's kind of being combatant with combative with uh, Hunter a lot. Yeah. And just like the whole trying to track down Caleb and having Hunter kind of, uh, well, not kind of, he does let him get away. Yeah. Um, but it's just interesting because you see... Like, you know it's coming. You see it coming, that Crosshair is not on their side anymore. But you're just waiting for that moment where the turn is going to f- take full effect. And um, it's one it's one of those interesting things, because now we're finally getting to see, you know, what the clones are going through during this situation. Because we've seen, we've seen little bits from like small episodes of clone wars about the clones perspective but now this whole show is wrapped around the clone perspective of order 66 Mm. and the rise of the empire um i wanted to ask you what do you think about the introduction of omega um it's it's new and fresh i was just thinking about that um you know we have the the clone you know they've mentioned in the show and even in the movies like the DNA strand they're using from Jango Fett is getting like weaker and weaker and not as potent. Um, and also that's done that way on purpose because the clones will be able to follow orders better and be more obedient because the DNA strand is weaker or whatever. I mean, that's their logic. But yeah, Omega is like, it's a, it's fresh, it's new. We've seen a lot of male clones, but you know, here's a young, intelligent female clone that knows so much of what's going on. And the fact that she is already armed with all that knowledge even makes her, I think, probably as dangerous as the Bad Batch already. And it's it's fresh to see, like, she's, like, even though the Bad Batch are basically, I mean, they're like killers, right? They're they're trying to survive now because, you know, everything's been flipped around. It's She's like a humanizing element for them, which they've never had to think about, you know? It's their job. You know, they were following orders, you know, protecting their squad, but now they have to think about mm-hmm. taking care of each other and raising this kid almost and right. um it, it she's int- you know she's interesting and smart and 
it definitely like raises the stakes too. He's like, oh, we have a kid with us. We can't just run, you know, action packed galore and stuff. They got to be more methodical. Uh, what were your first thoughts on uh, Omega? I mean, I, I, I for, like immediately of having her introduction, I was like, okay, you know, she's not, she's not the stereotypical like child character where she's helpless and she's just kind of there to be a kid. There's there's obviously something about her that is intriguing and wants you to find out, like, it's like, where did you come from? You know, it's like, sure, you might have some of the, like, Django DNA, but there's something else there. What it is, we don't know. We'll probably find out later in the seat in the series. Um, but yeah, it's just really refreshing to have this young character that is very I don't know what like the right way to say this, but she's like she has the capabilities of handling certain situations to a point where others might not look at her as someone that can be like dependable and reliable, but she every episode she proves that she's able to do something and kind of almost to like an ex not expert but like she's she has the ability to kind of grow grow and learn new things very quickly which just kind of falls back into the mystery of like where did you come from you know like like you know what like what are you yeah and you know she's obviously you know she's still a kid too she's got that wonder and that innocence and the She's still very naive, and I think, of course, being with the Bad Batch is going to show her, like, oh, shit, this is the world I'm in. <laughs> and it, it'll it be interesting to see, like, her her origins and everything. Um, we're, what, on episode six now this, or at least seven this Friday. And um, I think there's only nine episodes left, but I'm sure they will find a great way to disinformation as they do. Indeed. Um, so from there... Um... We get the return of Tarkin, now Admiral Tarkin, um, coming there evaluating the the clone facility. You know, kind of, kind of beginning the thought process of kind of phasing out clones and, you know, trimming the budget and just getting regular soldiers to enlist into the new empire. Um, I just want to say, when he's like. Well, yeah, we would save money if we just did regular people, not clones. I was like, motherfucker, of course. <laughs> Empire would start budget-cutting really good soldiers. Just just wanted to put that out there real quick. All right, go ahead. It's it's the Empire way. Um, but yes. So he sees... Um, we have a fun scene of uh, Omega and the Bad Batch starting a food fight in the cafeteria. And so Tarkin gets Tarkin sees this and gets the ideas. Okay, I want to see what the Bad Batch can do. And so we go into a, a training uh, a training room. Uh, we get some bad 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 Batch action, and then he's like, "Uh, let's let's make the training droids uh, shoot to kill." And Five so now, <laughs> and so. We see the Bad Batch having to figure out a way to fight this uh, 
stronger droid force without having like legitimate weapons, which they do. And so from there, we get Tarkin giving them a special mission to go take out some um, insurgents, as he likes to put them. Um, and so they they go. Um, they go to Onderon. Yeah, they do go to Onderon. We just saw they that go arc to in Clone Wars. There's a there's a Clone Wars arc of Onderon, <laughs> and Saw Guerrero is there, who they find. That's right. Um, so they they go to Onderon and they find a group of not insurgents, but uh, kind of refugees from the Republic. And lo and behold, of course, they're being led by Saw Guerrera, as you put it, Joel. Um, and this is where we get more of the hostility between Hunter and Crosshair, because Crosshair is just ready to gun them all down and is ready to, uh, you know, give them a good fight. And of course... Hunter kind of has him back down and they talk for, they talk to Saw for a little bit and they have a really good scene where it's like, you know, where like Saw is pretty much saying how, you know, we used, we were fighting for the Republic and now it's turned into an empire and we still want to fight for what's right. You know, it's like, what, what side are you? Like, you're obviously not the, same as the rest of the clones so like what side are you going to be on kind of kind of you know speech and the bad batch leaves and they find out that they're being tracked by a a probe droid so tarkin already knows that they failed the mission and they let them go because crosshair ratted them out yeah you know because a good soldier's got to follow orders you know um, so let's see. We're back to Camino. Everything's kind of weird. Um, the Bad Batch uh, pretty much get locked up for, you know, not following orders and not doing the mission. And we get this very interesting scene because they have everybody in that, like, makeshift jail cell. And they have Crosshair kind of sitting in the corner. And then we have Omega just kind of come sit next to him. And she she tells him, like, hey, I know what you're going to do. And I just want to let you know this isn't you. Like, it's okay. And that was just such a, it, that's just such a interesting thing for her to say, especially in this first episode. It's like, okay, what's, like, what do you know? It's like you obviously know more than everybody else in this room. What what did you think of that episode? Or not that episode, the what do you think of that part in the episode? It's interesting. It we just get sprinkles of what Omega actually knows of what's going on and it's you know, it's kinda like she's also looking through us. Like we know what's gonna happen because of Order sixty six and what everything that's gonna happen with Star Wars and you know, through her eyes like she knows it's not their fault. Just like we kind of know, like it's not hundred percent Crosshair's fault, and it's just a nice, cool parallel. Yeah, and it's 
it just leads on to more and more questions that I know that we're probably going to get answers to slowly, but it's just, it's just very interesting. Like she obviously knows about the inhibitor chips and she knows what they can do to clones and she can just kind of see that crosshair is in his mind. He's trying to fight it, but he, like he knows he can't and she like understands that. And so in a way she's trying to comfort him, which is, is just very intriguing to me. I don't know. I don't know why I don't, if I'm the only one, so be it. But I just thought it was really interesting to kind of see that happen. Um, and then of course from there, um, Tarkin kind of realizes that Crosshair might not be out of their control, so they take Crosshair away, and they kind of try to boost his inhibitor chip, and they put him in that, you know, that medical slab, and they just kind of do the whole, like, zap, like, head zap thing. Push up some dials and make that inhibitor chip, you know, earn its fucking, you know. They, they, (laughs) they boosted the the uh, the ram on his fucking yeah. brain chip. The bar graph went up. <laughs> um and so while that's happening, we have uh the bad batch trying to th- you know, make their escape and you know, through you know, trial and error, they eventually escape and they're heading towards the the hangar bay and as they're Getting ready to leave, you have this newly adorned crosshair with the black, um, like what they call what they call him, like the first the first guard, or but it's like the fir- the fir- the first batch of um, of you know stormtroopers, not clone troopers, but stormtroopers. Oh fuck. I forgot about some like a very important scene that happens during like during this. Um, wait, was it this episode? Actually, no. Wait, I think that was the second episode. I'm gonna hold. I'm gonna hold off my thought until we talk, like move forward down uh, the episode list. But yeah, we have we have this scene with this new crosshair fully, you know, loving the Empire, ready to serve and follow. Ready orders. to simp for Tarkin. Pretty much. And so we have this we have this uh, blaster fight in the hangar. And you know, it's a little bit of a struggle, but they're slowly tr- getting their way out and um get this very interesting scene again with Omega. Where she actually shoots Crosshair's blaster. And we come to find out that that was her first time shooting a blaster. Which just leads to more and more questions about, who are you? What do you do? Like, like, what is your thing? And then, of course, after that, we get a very nice kind of like... Out of all the chaos that was the ending of this episode, we get this very nice closing scene of the Bad Batch kind of flying away, making their escape. And then through the eyes of Omega, you get to see the 
that really cool effect of um, going into hyperspace. Yeah. Um, very, very good episode. Um, overall, what what do you think about the first episode to start off this new series? Fucking chef's kiss all the way, man. I mean, I'm I'm the fucking biggest Star Wars sim in this building, I'm sure. So, <laughs> I mean, I, I can find no wrong with episode one. Um, only thing wrong with later episodes, that's my main problem, is that it's just a half hour long. That's it. <laughs> I agree. There are other things, too. But it's just like, damn, they set it up so well. And there's, it's just, you know, it's a bunch of building blocks, but it's done so well. And, you know, it's... It's nice that Bad Batch is like already in an established universe while, of course, still building up things we don't know. And, of course, we're all here for it, and we're excited to see what happens next. With episode yeah. two, after uh, that yeah. jump through hyperspace, it's cut and runs. The episode's called, basically, uh, they have to find friends, find allies, and they throw back to an episode of Clone Wars where there's this deserter who's like, I just don't want to fight in the war. And they meet up with him again, which I thought was cool. Like, here they go again with their mm-hmm. great deep dive references, and they just bring them back. And that's the great thing about Star Wars. There's so many goddamn references and Easter eggs, and they you know, they just have this big-ass universe to do that. Good um, old Cut LaQueen. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, I mean... It, it was really cool because I remember, like... After seeing the first episode, I was like, you know, like there's there's people out out in the galaxy that they could go run into, and it's like it's like yeah, like there was that one clone that you know deserted and like started a family, uh, and it's like episode two, oh shit, it's cut. <laughs> yeah, they literally go back. It was and... it was really it was really cool. It was really cool to have that throwback to a very very early episode of clone wars yes very like it's a one-off too it's cute it's nice but it's they do a whole episode with it and basically like you know it's not safe for us anymore this farm life we have to go and we can take omega you know maybe this isn't the life for her but you know as they're you know doing their mission um of course they need the bad batch to infiltrate steal some things to make sure cut and his family can get away and they, you know, and that's like, I would, I'm sorry to cut you off there, but um, this is cut me off. This is one of the other examples of seeing the empire kind of rise and take control of the galaxy. Because in this episode, we get to see where the sh- the chain codes come from. Remember, remember in like Rebels and the original trilogy and, and so on. So all about the chain codes. Do you have your chain codes? You're like give us your chain codes to land in our in our uh landing pad, yeah. you know? And it's like this is this is where we get to see the invention of that process. Yeah. And I and the as, Empire as selling as, it like, hey get it, get it. We need it, get it. It's making it sound like it's like 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 do your part and get your chain okay. codes and make sure that we can track you wherever you go. Spy on you. Make sure you're not doing some rebel big, shit. Big Vader's watch. Big Poppy's watching. Oh yeah. Big daddy Vader. Definitely watching. As a, basically the rest of the episode, they're trying to get out and you know, they leave Omega with <laughs> cut to say like, you know, she should grow up in a normal life. But Omega, of course, she's one of the bad bats. She comes back and goes back with them and, they escape, and you. This is like I think 
first real time we see like stormtroopers actively fighting the bad batch as well. I mean, we kind of saw it, you know, when they're escaping, but I mean, it's like it's literally like they're the shiny and, white armor. They're not specialized. It's stormtroopers versus like clones officially at this point. And what's interesting is that they're still wearing their clone armor, so it's literally. I mean, it, it's already clones fighting, you know, the Bad Batch. It's clones fighting clones. And it's just so yeah. weird because we we go from the clones being, you know, the good guys. And it's like the force for good. And now we are seeing them being the pawns of the Empire, you know, un, like not within their control. And it's like now it's like the, the symbol of the, the bad guys. And it's so it's weird especially growing up with the the prequel trilogy and like seeing the clones you know fighting with the jedi fighting for the republic and now they are the imperial clone army it's just so for the empire it's just so interesting to see it's cuz again it's, it's something we've never seen before and so it's just if you're if if you're any at all intrigued about the like the connecting points to the different trilogies this is like this is going to be like a treasure trove of small little connections yeah it's awesome like we just haven't seen clone on clone i mean we have but it wasn't an active ideology against another it was a, a, like i mentioned before it, they were tricked you know, we've seen clones and droids rebels and empire new republic and first order but this time it's like it, it, the, the overlap is just hasn't been touched before, and now we see it in full force. It's it's really cool. And then, of course, again we get to see Omega's perspective because this is the first time she's been away from Kamino, so she doesn't know what the galaxy is like. Like the moment she walks off the their shuttle, she is like head over heels about like dirt. You know, she's so psyched, like a little, a, like a little, like child, like playing in the mud. You know, it's she has the capacity to have the childlike wonder that really someone that should be her age, because I don't, because we don't even know if she's aging normally like Boba Fett or if she has the rapid aging, you know, uh, kind of uh, treatment like the other clones do. So mm-hmm. for all we know, she probably is like an eight, like nine year old kid being like this amazed just about the outside world that she's never seen before. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to ask you about kind of just the, the sense of where they could be taking this so far. Like you, you watching episode two. Um, like I know it's not really fair to compare it to episode one, but like how were overall like ideas when episode two came out? Um, for me, like it's we start to see like the the theme of like on the run heroes that are trying to make their way in like an overbearing. You know, there's an overbearing force, and they're just trying to. You know, they're just simple clones trying to make their way in the galaxy. You know, that's what it's becoming now, because it, it's going to be hard for them. Be fit. Yeah, <laughs> they're part of them, right? Anyway, um, 
they're just, you know, they're going from actively being supported to having that support cut off, and now it's a whole new game. They're on their own, doing things on their own, and, um, you know, they just, they gotta walk around everywhere with, like, eyes behind their back, which, um, you know, will come into play later when we talk about it. What do you think? I thought that for as big as a first episode that they had, it did make this episode kind of get brought back down to like that, you know, Clone Wars-esque like, okay, we're going to tell a short story for this episode, but they did a good job of kind of keeping the pace throughout the entire episode, even though it was only a 30-minute episode. Or a mm-hmm. like a twenty four like minute episode because there's no commercials. Minute, yeah. Um, I I personally think they did a really good job pacing it out. Where I didn't feel bored. I thought everything was interesting. You know, getting to see old characters, um, getting to see, you know, more about the Empire. Um, not to kind of jump ahead a little bit, but I I feel like this episode was great, but then. The next few episodes, um, they were kind of um, lacking more about the Empire. Because at, at a certain point, we get to see it's just kind of the Bad Batch, which the show should be about. But um, it's like, as cool as the Bad Batch is, I want to see like what how, like what is the Empire doing? I want to see like what the, you know, the Kaminoans are doing. You know, I kind of want those storylines that kind of weave it in every now and again. Um, Cause we get, we get a little bit of crosshair in this episode. We, we get to see kind of like the empire trying to build this new like task force that has humans. Um, That's our next episode. Oh shit. I thought that was three. I think. Actually, no, you're right. That I think that is episode three. Let's get into it, because for me, episode three is extremely uh, interesting and good commentary. Uh, It's um, just to kind of, you know, I'm going to be swift about it, because there's a very interesting part. Basically, Bad Batch and Omega, they crash land on a moon, they need to find parts to repair it, and uh, Hunter goes with Omega, all the rest, like, stay on the ship. But uh, the interesting part about this is the duality. You have... Hunter and Omega, um, who are, you know, going around looking for parts, but how they go about it is different. Like, there's something that's in their way, a creature, right? But instead of choosing to kill, they choose the passive or pacifist way to get the part, distract it, and leave. Well, well you, know, then, you know, you know, from, from that point of view, because um, Hunter got knocked out. So he he was down and out, and so Omega was the one that kind of went in and kind of took the calm and easy approach, you know, without fighting. But it it again is another like I know at some point we're gonna sound like a broken record and sound like you know we're on like major Omega fans, but like Omega's a pretty cool character so far, and <laughs> she just keeps showing how reliable she can be despite her being a child and also being a like having absolutely no idea about the universe around her. Yeah. And it shows how human she is as well. With crosshair, it's very clear. Like 
how he's programmed and how what he's supposed to do, how he's been ordered, um, they go back to Onderon essentially, I think. And oh, yes. Tarkin says, go take out these rebels, right? Quote unquote. Mm-hmm. And there's they hired some new people, not clones, stormtrooper, actual humans to come in and do the job. And, and what happens all... go ahead. Well, go ahead. I... I want to add, and not only that, but they bring in a new, um, like, imperial character, Admiral Rampart, to kind of take over for Tarkin about Kamino and this new, like, soldier initiative. And so we kind of we kind of see Tarkin, you know, kind of go away and do other things, and now you have this new, new Admiral, Admiral Rampart, kind of come in. Um to take his place and actually um forgot to mention that admiral rampart is the guy from episode two who made the hollow message about the chain codes and so he was the one that thought up of the idea of the chain codes being a thing Mm -hmm. when you said episode two i thought of attack of the clones for the second like what no (laughs) (laughs) he was always there with waiting, that, it, it's waiting for back. his chain code theory to work, it goes back and forth between like the utility of clones versus hired people. And Crosshair, you know, not only does he have to prove himself to the Empire, uh, even more, but like as a soldier, because they go to you know <clears throat> kill those rebels essentially, and there oh is some God. hesitation, and with the other conscripted soldiers, but here we go again good soldiers follow orders that's what he's probably gonna do without hesitation takes out the person questioning him and takes out the rebels and they just this, eviscerate uh, them like not even in a nice way it's like oh shit and it shows the so, parallels you know it, it, it's this great was, this was such like a dark scene i think probably one of the darkest scenes we've seen in like a star wars animation because it was just up close and personal and just cold-blooded just no hesitation, Crosshair just blasts that guy in the face. Oh, yeah. Down and out. And a little before this, um, it was the same guy that Crosshair had a little confrontation with, where not only are you living in an imperial world, but now that you're starting to add conscripted soldiers to the mix, now you're starting to see a a disdain for clones. You know, because mm-hmm. you know they they look at Crosshair. And it's like, oh, what do you like? What do you know, clone? You know, they're talking down to him, even though he's the most capable out of any of them. And like the whole reason why that he's there is because they want to see if Crosshair can kind of, you know, whip him in the shape and like, make him become good soldiers. Does <laughs> one <more> than that. <laughs> but yeah, it, that was just such. It was such a was good dark, scene. Man. It was very dark, and then of course. And- him ordering the other troops to wipe out the remainder of that, um, like that rebel camp. And I mean, it was, it, harm harmless refugees, <laughs> like no yeah. joke. Like oh, it's like oh fuck, came to kill. And what I was pointing to before, it's kind of sad because th- this is kind of the last time you really see like some empire stuff for a while because. Even leading up to episode five, we don't even really see Empire that much. I'm hoping that changes. 
I'm sure you know, it's actually episode up. eight this week. I I'm thinking it's like the halfway point of the series or season okay. one. It's probably, but I'm guessing we're we're gonna see our friend Crosshair. Um, I, I was talking to Brian and uh, other friends about this, but it's either this episode or the previous episode. It ends with a panel or a shot of Omega in the light and the Bad Batch in the dark. And I'm like, oh shit! Like if that isn't a big foreshadowing. I'm just calling it like it, it's pretty obvious what I'm saying here, but I'm just like, damn, like we know what's going to happen. We just don't know how, you know, it, it's like, oh, it's, it's, it's a great shot, it's, though. It's it's just such a good job that they do. It's they have some of the best people at Lucasfilm just, you know, working on this and it it really shows. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Oh, really so quick if- at the end. I just want to point out Tarkin comes back and talks about, hey, conscription conscription conscripted soldier god conscripted soldiers. soldiers say that we wind rounds we wind rounds um they're doing <laughs> as good as the clones right and this raises you know questions and concerns for the Kaminoans. Uh, previously we forgot to mention in episode one the bad batch is able to get away because they alter the hangar door they let them go because there's a clone trying to close the door, or I should say, stormtrooper trying to close the door. Like, oh, the door isn't working. And one of the common ones is like, we did, you know, we did this. It's like, you know, don't let them find out that we, you know, it's, you know, they're about to take away their livelihoods, their job to clone, and now they're going to be phased out. It's like they can kind of see where the empire's going to go with this. Like, oh shit, we need to bide our time, and maybe they're hoping the bad batch can redeem them too. Yeah, we just I believe more Camino news. We just we just want to know what happens. And you you brought up a really good point because th- we have another kind of side story where not only do you have the Bad Batch and you have the Empire, but you also have the Kaminoans uh, more predominantly predominantly um, Prime Minister Lamassu and uh, Nala Say. Um, for those of you that kind of don't know, recognize those names, um, Nala Say was the Kaminoan that Obi-Wan talks to in episode two. And if you've seen Clone Wars, you probably have seen a few episodes that has uh, Prime Minister Lamassu in it. And you just kind of have them talking about, you know, what are they going to do if the Empire pulls out their contract? You know, it's going to be not great for us because this is kind of, you know, how we keep afloat. You know, this is like our 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 meal ticket. Um. Right and, and and yeah, we saw Nala say um, rig the the hangar bay door so they can escape, and now you have this interesting dynamic where Lama Su, of course, is more worried about you know the the contracts with the Empire or what were the Republic now the Empire, but Nala say is kind of more concerned about Omega. Mm-hmm. And it's just kind of, you know, what, you know, the, what connection do we see there besides just Omega spending her time with Nala Say? You know, she probably knows something about Omega that we don't, obviously. Um, but it's just kind of, we have to keep watching and keep finding out. But yeah, so that was, that was a very interesting point. Um, cool subplot that. Cool subplot they're teasing us with and again just we know Cam- uh camino is not present later on they hint about it in episode uh 
seven and eight and nine and we're like oh we should bring back clones we're like oh but you know like we don't well, actually know if camino is sacked we don't know and i'm i'm predicting that it will that be because of mandalorian we do know that there are still com- there are still cloning happening but um how much of like is it under empire control and like to what depth is it under yes. empire control is still to be seen up until this point um but yeah but from there um we get to episode 4 i think it's time to talk about that a little bit um with our connection to the mandalorian <laughs> take it that's away that's right Ryan. so in this episode, the Bad Batch fly to um, another planet. Um, Edaflor? I'm probably butchering that name. I'm sorry. I'm not versed in <laughs> Star Wars planets. But oh, they damn, go I'm to... Something they, else. It says Pantora here. Shit. Oh, it's 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 a planet that's nearby. Um, oh, yeah. Edaflor, I- yeah. Looking at this other thing wrong. Actually, no, you're Oops. right. Actually, no, you're right. They want to go there, but they had to stop at Pantora. You're correct. Um, and it's just kind of like they're trying to gather supplies and they're trying to, um, you know, upgrade the ship to try to kind of hide themselves better. And um, what they don't know is that the Empire or somebody, we don't know exactly, um, hired a bounty hunter that we got to know in The Mandalorian, like you said, Fennec Shan. Crimson Dawn. Maybe that'd be that'd be interesting if it is Crimson Dawn. Yeah, Fennec Shand, who, like I said, originally appeared in Mandalorian, um, she returns um, in uh, Bad Batch, which was nice. We, in the trailer, we saw her, but I didn't think we would see her till later. But it was cool. It's like, oh shit, she's back, and she's still voiced by Ming Na Wen. Hell yeah! So. This this episode kind of felt shorter. Um, I think it's just because it was more confined to like this this yeah. kind of plot point. It was a, there wasn't that much spreading of plot throughout this episode. It was kind of just a one note episode, but it was still very very fun to watch. Um, so you have Fennec, you know, trying to you know find the Bad Batch, and um, eventually when Hunter and, and Omega kind of go out to the market. Um, she kind of lures Omega away because I believe. Oh, there was this funny um, the <laughs> the bartering scene <laughs> of this episode. Oh, yeah. That's pretty great. Um, so there's this merchant that had supplies that they needed, and they didn't have enough credits, or you know, they're they're probably credits are no good here kind of deal <laughs> um chut, chut. and so they put a mask on echo <laughs> and they have him act like a droid and they sell him to this guy knowing full well that echo will escape eventually and it's just such a funny scene um it's it's the little moments like this that just kind of make like animated Star Wars, so fun to watch. It's these small little, like, funny character moments. Yeah, they could, in the animated show, more than anything else, they can get away with little, little goofy moments. And, you know, Star Wars does have humor sprinkled, but 
you know, the newer stuff, it, it it's kind of more because just you know they just want to make it you know enjoyable for everyone, and uh, you know it's met with um, at least with some people I know, like they don't like it. They don't want Star Wars to be. They don't want it to be like funny like that or make certain jokes, but. With the animated series, we could definitely get away with it, and it was enjoyable seeing Echo pose as a droid and then lead the droids out too to help repair the ship. <laughs> a small little like droid rebellion, <laughs> a la Solo. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was it was pretty funny, and I enjoyed it a lot. Um, yeah, it was nice. You know what? That that's a callback to Solo. I didn't even think about it until you mentioned it. Kind of. There's actually a few callbacks in this. Or at least kind of spiritual, kind of um, like not spiritual, but like inspired scenes from previous works. Um, mm-hmm. One we'll get to in a second, because um, we get to a point where during that merchant scene, Omega um, kind of wanders off from the group, and lo and behold, Fennec is waiting there seeing that Omega is alone, tries to go in and um, kind of pull the wool over Omega's eyes um, and uh, pretend that she's helping her find her friends, knowing full well that her friends are the Bad Batch. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we get this really cool sequence that just shows why uh, Fennec Shand is such a cool character and a cool bounty hunter as well, where she starts fighting the Bad Batch and she just immediately just takes out Wrecker, <laughs> the oh, biggest, yeah. strongest dude they have. She is like, nah, I'm, I'm not I'm not spending my time on you. She knows he'll be. She'll be like he'll be the biggest problem, and she she went straight for the jugular. Like, oh well, take him out fast. Got to move on. Um. Oh, how could we forget? I feel dumb. Uh, we forgot one of the bigger side plot points of episode three. Um. Mm-hmm. So beginning of episode three, they crash landed on that on that moon, right? Yeah, and we see. Wrecker get bonked on the head. Oh, yeah, yeah, we do see that. And he's complaining about a headache, and it's like, okay. And then at the beginning of this episode, um, he complains about some more. It's like, okay, you know, something's going on here. You know, did he get hit in, like, the right spot, and now his inhibitor chip is kind of, you know, responding stronger than it was before and he's starting to become more susceptible to it like he's still acting kind of the same but he's getting these awkward you know head pains and you know um we it just brings up more questions it's like okay well what happens if you know record like change it like turns all of a sudden Mm -hmm. you know the biggest strongest person on the team you know what do you do but for now he's getting his ass knocked out by by fennec shan Oh hell yeah! Um, and we get to this really, really good chase scene. Um, kind of what reminded me of this scene was um, the beginning of episode two when uh, Anakin and Obi Wan are chasing um, that one bounty hunter in Coruscant. 
You know, you have the speeders. You have this big speeder chase. The changeling. Yeah, the changeling. Uh, I know she has a name. I know Sam people are Wessel or something. Sam Wessel, thank you. Something like exactly. that. I'm sure I'm saying it wrong. Some Sam Wessel simp is going to send me an angry email. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was such a cool like. Because I don't know about you, but I think that chase scene from episode two is one of the more enjoyable scenes. Oh, it's, I think it's Zam. Um, Whoops, Zam Wessel. Oh, there it is. That sounds right. That's okay. I'm I'm already I'm already sh- sure there's already comments about it. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just it was just such a cool thing because it's like oh man, you know, it's like the Coruscant chase scene. You know, you got this like action. Um, Fennec Shand, for someone that like doesn't try to kill people, she probably killed a good amount of people during this oh, yeah. chase scene. Yeah, I'm pretty <laughs> sure the Crimson Dawn doesn't give a shit or whoever she works for. Uh, do you think it? Do you think the Crimson Dawn is behind this? I think it's Empire. You know, because we see them hire bounty hunters in five. Uh, episode 5, Empire Strikes Back is what I'm talking about. And I think that they may have this, like, what better way to get someone to take care of the Bad Batch, you know, and not get our hands too dirty, hire Crimson Dawn, and they'll take care of it. I think there might be a connection, like, that way. Now, now here's my question, because this is very soon after um, the end of the Clone Wars. Now, is this Crimson Dawn led by... um, I'm blanking on his name. I can't remember his name. Um, I remember Paul Bettany, the Vision. Paul Paul Bettany's character. Um, what's, his, what's his fucking name? I have to look it up. God damn it! I feel so bad because I actually really like <laughs> Solo. Yeah, yeah. I really Ugh. do. Hold on, we need to correct this. Look, right I'm, now I'm, 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 I'm looking at right now. I'm name so right here. Like. Dryden Voss. Oh, fucking Dryden, Dryden Voss. Voss. Um, is this a Crimson Dawn that's led by Dryden Voss, or like how soon does Darth does Maul take control of Crimson Dawn? I think he's already in control, and that's why it's called Crimson Dawn because it's him. He's like the red one. I, I think it's that literally. Um, you think so? Yeah, I, I think so. I think he's already pulling strings because we see actually in Clone Wars season seven. We see, you know, how Maul's meeting with the crime lords. You actually see Dryden Voss. Oh on the Hall of shit! Protection. That's right. You're a, ap- it was, you're I was like, oh my right. god, they did a solo Easter egg. That is great. <laughs> so, do you think that they will put in ideas that they had for like solo sequels in the Bad Batch? Maybe I know that they're. I don't know if they canceled the Lando show. But they did not. They did not cancel it. Oh, I don't know when that is set, but if it's not then, then yeah, maybe. Um, or I would love to see, you know, more of that universe explored too, because we've seen a little bit of the crime stuff in Clone Wars and Solo, but it would be cool to see, you know, they're the Bad Batch. They can, they can go anywhere. I think that's the beauty, that's but true. maybe they can go there. I um, would like to see an animated Dryden Voss, though, especially if he was voiced by Paul Bettany. It's not like Disney can't call him up. He's not like you know, he's not contracted it's not like, it's right not now. Like he's 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 not like he's busy being White Vision. <laughs> the ship of Theseus. <laughs> anyway, uh, but yeah, but yeah uh... <laughs> I think it would be very cool to kind of see more because uh, Dryden Voss was an interesting character, but we didn't get to see much of him in Solo, or at least oh. enough to kind of like 
get a good idea of him. So it'd be kind of cool to kind of see, you know, why is Dryden Voss so revered, you know, in, oh, yeah. in like in like the underworld. Yeah. Um, so that would be kind of cool. We could possibly see some Crimson Dawn action. Um, it is sixteen episodes uh, for this uh, series or season. I don't know if they will do another season after this. Maybe. Maybe, maybe not, but it would be kind of cool to kind of get a little bit, yeah. a little touch. We already got, um, we've, we had like our throwback to Mandalorian and Clone Wars. And in next episode, the Bad Batch gets away, by the way, <laughs> of course. Um, oh, so yeah, we, they, 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 you know, they somehow get Omega, you know, free from Fennec and they kind of get away. But, um, I think out of the five, these five episodes we're reviewing now, I'm not saying any of them are bad, but I feel like episode four probably was the least going on out of the episodes. It's definitely, like it felt like the side, like a these are like kind of side questy episodes. Like Mister Sure was like a you know not too relevant as far as we know. Mm-hmm. We don't know if like later it's like Fennec Shan's gonna show up like, hey, you guys can't you know I'm back and I'm gonna kill you this time. Um, this but, is this is very much a build up to like we want you to get to know the bad batch more before yeah. a lot of the heavy stuff starts coming. Yeah. In. They're just fleshing out the characters more and their motives and um I think um this like this one I feel like this episode and this and and two a little were definitely kind of more side questy ish. Especially mm-hmm. the next episode, episode five. I know that's gonna tie more into their plot, but Overall, it, it did feel like a detract for me a detraction. That episode is they go to um, uh, Ord Mantel rampage. Yeah, and they basically they start becoming bounty hunters. They go through this person named Dude. Sid, and they want to find out more about Fennec Shan and why Fennec is after them and who is behind it. And but you know, of course, Sid's like, "Well, you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours, but you got to help me first. You know, nothing for free." Out of all of the like old planets that are from you know books or just old content, Ord Mantell, goddamn, <laughs> keep bringing it back. Even in the, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna go off a little tangent here. Even in the hmm. next, it's is it the a future episode they throw back to a planet in a game which I recently played, which I was so happy. It's like, wait, is that the same planet? I'm not, I'm being vague on purpose. Oh, I know what you're talking uh, about. I know what um, you're talking about. I was like, wow, they, with the, you know, of course they, they can make this expansive universe and still web it together. Anyway, um, they basically say, Hey, you got to do this thing for me and you'll get a reward from someone important. They, they don't say, I mean, they might drop that it's job of the hut. This description does, but I don't remember really thinking or knowing it was Chaba that they're doing this for. I mean, I mean, it, if you have a keen eye during that conversation, you can kind of you can kind of yeah, yeah. put pieces together that um, she was talking to Bib Fortuna. One on one Yeah, you can you can see like his face. I saw it too, but I, they don't directly say Job of the Hut. Um, but yeah, yeah, basically, it's like, hey, rescue Moochie, I think, right? Um, and bring Moochie back, and then we'll talk. And like, okay. Simple rescue op, except they <laughs> it's not that simple because they already like they get there and they're they're fucking up oh. already. There's some Zigerians, of course, uh slavers from Clone Wars, which uh was an interesting arc in itself. 
but they're there. They even have right. the monster from Clone Wars that they use in that episode in Bad Batch. And they're there to rescue Moochie, and then they find out Moochie isn't actually a person. It's a little Rancor. <laughs> and they that, was such Rancor. A, that was such a fun reveal. It like, was. Like, they thought they were going to try to save, like, this kid or something. It's like, yeah. nah, it's a kid. <laughs> not not that little kid. No, it's a, yeah. it's a fucking... It's like a Rancor the size of, like, Wrecker. Yeah. It was so funny because since it's so small, it can, like, run around and, like, kind of jump on things. It's agile and strong. It was, just, it was such an <laughs> interesting thing to watch because we're so used to seeing like the return of the jedi like rancors they're like big and lumbering and like threatening looking but this one was like it's like uh, you're kind of threatening but you're also kind of cute you know, it like an ugly like, way if a rancor could be cute we definitely saw it in this episode <laughs> um yeah and then they, they, you know, they go around and they rescue uh, Muchi after fighting the Nigerians, and of course they return Muchi, um, and then you see Bib Fortuna. He's like, "Oh, I'm here," you know, and it's like, "Oh, cool!" Uh, throw, uh, you know, it's actually happening that, oh, you know, throwing it back to Return of the Jedi, and he's so happy and stuff. And I even think that uh, um, the kid that they thought they were going to rescue with his mom and dad, the dad kind of looked like the Rancor guy from Return of the Jedi, the crying oh. guy. The, I think it's probably it's probably the same same like kind of you know race, but yeah, yeah. it looks but, like um, him, the crying guy. But who probably has a name, <laughs> which I'm gonna look up right now. Crying guy. When, when Bib Fortuna showed up at the end of the episode, and I kind of thought about it for a second. This is this is in no way confirmed at all by Disney or Lucasfilm, but I mean, come on. You kind of put two and two together, and is is Moochie the Rancor that Luke kills <laughs> in Return Pretty of the sure. Jedi? Does Luke yeah. kill Moochie? Luke kills Moochie. Uh, it, it, it just makes it really sad now, because now like we have like yeah. a personal connection with this this Rancor. Yeah, and it's like no and, wonder. Uh, no wonder one of the guards started crying. Yeah, his name is Malakili, by the way, because Star Wars names everything. And his first three words are "are burly human." <laughs> a burly human. Uh, but yeah, uh, I put that. I was like, "Oh shit! Does Luke kill that one?" Oh, Skywalker, <laughs> you're a piece of shit. Anyway, <laughs> um, yeah, that was a, it. Was a fun episode and. Um, I know we're only talking about the first five, but the next two episodes set up more for the story, which we'll, of course, go in mm -hmm. later. But yeah, um, it was I'm going to ask you, Brian, did you think it was a strong start with these five? Did you know? Oh, you yeah. think you're going to get... What do you think is going to happen as in terms of... Maybe Do you think the Bad Batch is more going to lean more towards bounty hunting, or do you think they're going to try to team up more to do rebellion stuff, a mix of both? What do you think? Or do you think Crosshair's going to get in their way and they're just going to get cut short sooner than that? So, what, are you, what are your thoughts? So, for one, I just want to say space space bows are cooler than I remember them being. Oh yeah, that's right. Omega gets her space bow. Omega steals one of the, the space bows. Um, the Sigerians. That the Nigerians were using, yeah. Um, as far, I mean, you know, I think we both know each other pretty well. 
and you give us anything Star Wars, and we will just find ways to love it. Um, oh yeah, I per- I personally think that this is this is kind of standard. Like the first five episodes in this in this series is just helping set up um, the space around us and kind of like who who the Bad Batch are as characters. Um, mm-hmm. We get some really good moments, like as usual. Um, but yeah, as far as in going into the future of the show, I, 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 I kind of don't want to guess what happens, just because I, I like, I prefer to just see what happens. But I am curious as to, yeah, how how will the Bad Batch move on from here? Whether it be, you know, eventually they find out who hired Fennec and they go, you know, tra- go down that lead or, you know, somebody finds them and it kind of forces them to move on. Whether that be Crosshair, the Empire or, you know, um, whoever Fennec's working for or just some circumstance that we haven't seen yet. Um I, like I said before, I do look forward to seeing more of the Empire side, just because I want to see that progression of Empire getting to the point where they they're at in uh, in Rebels. Um, so hopefully, um, I think you said that Episode Eight will probably delve more into that, which will be fun to see. Um, but yeah, I guess just, at least. I'm just enjoying the ride. I look forward to what Dave Filoni is going to give us, uh, for the most part. Yeah, um, this is this is I think as much as his baby as Clone Wars was, and oh well, yeah, and the the fact that Clone Wars was like despised in the beginning kind of blows my mind. It, I mean, it's, uh, you know, fandom menace. I I say a lot now. <laughs> it's the fans are kind of the worst part sometimes, but um, it's it just when he makes those building blocks and he, you know. Again, established universe, and he's done a great job of pulling it together and making it awesome. This show, Clone Wars, Mandalorian, say what you will about Disney coming in, but we, without that, we we wouldn't get those. So, yeah, it's there. It was a little bit rocky at first, but I feel like now they they understand what went wrong when they first got Star Wars, and now they're. Real, I think they're on the right path to kind of get it to a good point where we can get the amount of content that we're going to, going to be getting and like have it more often, but then still be quality content as well. Because um, <laughs> think about it, it's like back in the day, you know, there'd be years of having nothing new with Star Wars except for maybe a few books maybe a, mm-hmm. a handful of video games. But yep. as far as like TV shows and movies, you know, we are getting spoiled so <laughs> to, much for, for better or for worse. Um, I mean, shit, we're going to later this fall, we're going to be getting Boba Fett and Fuck you, yeah. y'all better know that we're going to be talking about Boba Fett when that comes out. Oh my um, God. The episode of the Mandalorian I sent you that picture. It shows like a wrestler's reaction of like when the Undertaker came, but it's literally Slave One coming in with that reaction. That was me. Like, oh yeah, me, me too. 
and it's oh like they finally i mean not that he wasn't cool but it was like oh shit like he's here and they made him fucking kick ass which hell yeah all our fucking all the mandalorian simps like me were waiting for him. we wanted, <laughs> fucking wanted that shit mandalorian was already amazing and then they did this i was like oh that's it people, people felt justified for buying their yeah. boba fetch merch for all these years oh fuck i finally i I've, I've been fucking feeling that but now i was like yeah hell yeah now now <laughs> Now Hasbro, fucking get on making a Mandalorian Boba Fett action figure. God damn it, I want one. Oh, you know they're gonna churn it out when Book of Boba Fett comes out, and there's it's gonna fucking of course make Disney billions of dollars because the merchandise is usual. And you know what? I will keep opening my wallet every time. Yeah, credit. Here we go. <laughs> Credits. Credits. Feels like yeah, simulations. Um... I want to turn that question on to you. Uh, what, like, how did you feel for these first five episodes, and how do you, like, how do you feel about the season going forward? What, what do you think? Would you like to see, or what do you think you might see? Um, I, I thought it again a strong start, fun. I mean, I came to love Clone Wars so much, and this is just Clone Wars Part Two, uh, the series, you know, and mm-hmm. it's. I love fucking references too. I I love that shit. So I'm eating it up, and they're they're still doing it. They're still throwing back, and I'm like, this is great. Tie the universe together. I don't care. My only concern is when will they, when they run out of things, they're gonna overdo it. And I'm like, okay. But for now, it's great. And there's you know we touched on the subplots that are unfolding, and they're doing a good job leaving breadcrumbs and then like going forward with it. And it's just it's just really good and. Uh, you know, I have outlandish predictions like Camino getting sacked, Bad Batch exploding, or whatever. And um, one of my wild ones is Emphis Nest is Omega. That's like a wild card prediction I have right now. Um, that yeah, is a very wild card. It's I, or she has some t- or like she's fucking Mon Mothma or something. It's something ridiculous. Um, but it's just, I, I I don't know where they're gonna go. And kind of like you, like I have my ideas, but like again, I'm along for the ride too. Like. I mean, them short of, you know, fucking Vader just slicing them in half for half an hour at the last episode, you know, I don't know what they're going to do, you know, (laughs) Um, which would be really interesting, too. But um, to see, like, oh, you know, that happened. Um, But, yeah, there's there's already, like, the, you know, we already did the first five episodes. There's already episodes out we can't talk about yet, or we will. And it's just like, wow, they're, they're, again, more throwbacks, and I love that shit, so. Yeah, for 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 those of you just kind of like, you know, jumping on board this podcast now, um, we will be doing these episodes in chunks, just because there's like sixteen episodes is a lot. So we're gonna we're gonna be doing these kind of in chunks as they go, leading up to the finale, as of course, and then after that, we'll kind of get our overall opinion about this uh, whole season and series. Oh yeah. I mean, we probably could do an hour for each episode, but I don't know if anyone wants to. I mean, to shit. Episode, episode, episode one, t- episode one took took us took us half an hour to talk about just because there's there so, so much, much to talk about. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was it was condensed, but it was great. It like it they know how to like make it flow, feed you the right information, and just digest it all within an hour. It's it's mm. just really good. And the other episodes, even though I said they're like side plots, it—I mean, it is "quote unquote" filler, but it, it sure doesn't feel like it, you know. 
it yeah it just disney's just writing and of course the money it's just so well done so if you're mm-hmm. unsure about you know watching bad batch and you're a big star wars fan i mean we kind of just spoiled everything but you should probably watch it you know um like especially you, if you love the, the commando aspect or the clone aspect of it it's 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 great yeah, if 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 you're have any kind of intrigue about like the the background of you know Star Wars, where where do like the small intricate details come from? I think you'll find at least a few good kind of tidbits in this series so far. Um, yeah, I can't praise this enough. I know you can't praise this the show enough, probably. Like we're Star Wars fans, and every Star Wars fan's gonna have their own opinion. And our opinion is Bad Batch is a must watch. Oh yeah, definitely. Alright. I think I think we've probably talked enough about Bad Batch for now. And we'll we'll have a lot more Bad Batch to talk about as episodes roll. What about the Wookiee Love Story side plot? There is one next episode I'm gonna laugh. Anyway, but yeah, (laughs) uh, you are correct. Um, I think we've exhausted the first five episodes. I'm sure there's plot points are missing, but we just we did like a the basic gloss over a review. And again, we we, we don't want to spoil everything. Thing. Yeah, shout out yeah. to my uh, other friend Brian who got me a Bad Batch shirt because he went to oh. Disneyland. He went to Galaxy's Edge for the first time. Fuck yeah, I oh, love that shirt. That's nice, yeah, I'll dude. Have to I can't wait to go out. back to. Gal- I mean, oh, I want to go man. back to Batu so badly. Uh, we could do a review of that <laughs> eventually, but yeah, um, a live podcast so, in Batu going this, across the yeah. galaxy. So you just hear us fangirling the Let's whole time. Do it. That's it. Ooh, oh shit, nice, yeah. Ooh, that, that's it. That's that's an hour of that. Um, really Dude, quick, that'd be that'd be fun. Exit. Just want to say I mentioned it before, but our upcoming episode is going to be with a friend of ours, and we are going to go back to the vault of glass. We're going to talk about a little bit about destiny and how oh, they yeah. brought back yeah. forward. Old content made it new, frustrating, fun, all that. Uh, you know, our, our sure. relationship with Destiny is almost akin to Star Wars in some ways. We love it. Sometimes we there are parts about it we don't like, but we still keep mm-hmm. coming back. You know, definitely. Right. If if you're a fan, if you're a fan of Destiny, or even if you're not a fan of Destiny and you're a fan of Star Wars, I still feel like you'll f- you'll find some interesting things even even if you don't really care about destiny i think it'll still be a fun time just having a, a bunch of friends that like to play video games together and also mm-hmm. like talking about science like space stuff um oh, yeah definitely check that out that will be that will be coming out um i believe uh after this one be coming out That's after this one for sure um but yeah just you know, go down and listen, check it out. Um, Joel, where can people check you out to go see some more Star Wars hot takes, or you just kind of, you know, fanning out <laughs> about pretty much everything else? I'm not bitching on Twitter or Reddit. You can find me on Twitch. I just recently beat Witcher Three. Um, so oh, Crystal Avenger Twitch nice. did the final mission. Uh, we you can see my uh, reaction there. Have a lot to say about that if you want to talk about it. Uh, you can also find me on SoundCloud, Mad Mac Monster Mind. I'm probably just gonna make everything Mad Mac Monster Mind now, just to make it easy. Um, Unified branding. 
Acoustic Avenger on Twitter. The I is a one. Also, you can find uh, me retweeting and complaining to United underscore we underscore nerd on Twitter. That's the account we uh, use to get out the word about our podcast. Where can we find you, Brian? Um, well, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Brian Saber. And that's with a underscore between Brian and Saber. And the Saber is spelled with an R-E. Um, you can also find me on Twitch. Um, I haven't been streaming a lot just because I'm in the middle of a move. So... Probably in the beginning of July, I'll be hopping back on Twitch more often. So if you want to, you know, go over there, you know, get notified for when I do come back, I'll also be uh, doing that. Um, But also, if you've had fun with this podcast and you want to check out more, we do have um, a few episodes uh, already in the listing um we just did a review for invincible season one with our good friend justice and we also did a round table for the five years of overwatch with our friends jameson and diego which i think those two uh episodes are probably some of the best conversation we've had so far I had a, a lot, lot of fun, a lot of a lot of fun, a lot of passion. Especially, yeah. I was gushing over him. I I was like uncontained, and then Overwatch brought up so many good nostalgic feelings that you know I've kind of forgotten. Mm. As much as I complain about the game and everything that's happened with it in Hong Kong and handling of characters, all that yada yada, it's still an it's impact on a or lot listen, of us. I should say, for sure. Um, but yes, if you're interested. Um, you can find us also um, on Twitter at uh, United underscore We Nerd. I said it wrong. Uh oh. <laughs> and um, you can redact. redacted. Also, um, if you like to send us questions or you know just kind of critiques, um, we do have a email. You can send us an email at uh, united uh, unitedwenerdcast at gmail dot com. Uh, we'd really like to hear from you guys because uh, we always want to, you know, improve this podcast um, and also just you know get to know the people that listen to us. Um, and also, if you can, you know, spread the word. If you enjoyed this and you think that you have some other nerdy friends that would like to hear our podcast, please. You know, spread it around. We want we want to unite. Like I know it's kind of funny because it's the name of the podcast, but we we definitely want to have every everybody kind of unify under the nerd banner. Because I know everything has like their you know toxicity and stuff like that. But we we all have the the same common interests, whether it be music or video games or anime or Star Wars. You know, it's nice to be able just to kind of come together. And we hope that you guys had fun tonight. And I know I did. Sure did. Always a good time with the Star Wars. Hell yeah. All right. Thanks for hanging out with us. Uh, Until next time. Anawanawanga. Ooh, you're the public credits. Bobo. <laughs> Thanks for that, everybody. Keep on nerding. Same. I'm.
I am pressing. Shut the wrong up, Craig. Out of here. Piece I'm of shit. The wrong button. Stupid droid I'm robot. Pressing. This is going to get it out. Oh, fuck. Oh.